Coming up on Across the Chain, are your phones safe on a Ledger hardware wallet? Well, a new firmware update raises uncomfortable questions. Plus, Tether makes more money than BlackRock in Q1. And the first Bitcoin transaction was not for a pizza, but for a JPEG, and was assisted by none other than Satoshi Nakamoto himself. All this and more coming up on Across the Chains. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to yet another Across the Chains. So, hello, Clay. Hello, Suvlaki. How are you? What's both? up, guys? How are you? Ah, doing pretty good, other than my ledger. <laughs> what <laughs> a week, huh? Oh, my God. Crazy, man. So, yeah, let's dive right into this ledger shit, man, because, oh, my God, my head is exploding here. So, earlier this week, uh, Ledger announced a new product, and that new product... Uh, basically was for normies, you know, so not people like us, but people who are real people in the real world who don't want to worry about seed phrases to recover their seed phrase or, or not lose their seed phrase in the first place. Right. So so most people like, like most things you can call technical support and say, hey, I lost my seed phrase. Can you get me my money back? And there's like some way that you can. And with crypto, as we all know, there isn't some way to do that. So Ledger attempted to sort of constructed the equivalent of that for you know the average consumer and in the process uh, appears to have broken a promise to people like us um, that the the actual secure enclave in the ledger where your private keys are stored apparently can export things out of it so we were told that that was like a little room with a little gnome in it and it, the gnome could never leave the room ever under any circumstances and if you wanted something encrypted by the gnome in the ledger, you passed a little piece of paper under the door. The gnome used the encryption key to write down what you know to encrypt whatever you slipped under the door, handed it back to you encrypted, and that's all that could ever happen. And what we found out this week uh, from Ledger was no, actually, the gnome can leave the room, right? So, Clay, I know you've been covering this all week, so let me hand it over to you and why don't you tell us what's going on here? Sure, yeah, I mean, so first of all, this is probably the largest like product and PR blunder I've seen from a company who's been in the space for a very long time. Like, I mean, effectively, like, you know, they were, they're basically going to shard your seed phrase to three different uh, encrypted global servers. So, okay. I mean, that, that sounds okay, but we all know, you know, who knows how that could be hacked. Like if, you know, if you're North Korea and you're looking for the place to target, like, isn't that the perfect place to do it? But also um, play, like they say they're going to shard your, your seed phrase. Yeah. How were they getting that? Right. Like right. that. I think that was the thing. We all just went, wait, what? How are, yeah. how are you getting the seed phrase to chop it up into three parts? Yeah. I mean, you know, you never put your seed phrase to an internet connected device period. Right. Like that's, that's what makes it hot. Like that's the, that's, that's literally the antithesis of what they're here to do. So, I mean, I, I, I like, I actually don't know how you come back from that. Like, like, like how did this, like, my question really is like, how did it happen like this in the first place like it was very poorly thought out like you don't just roll this out like this has to be strategically planned in, in a much better way so i mean for me like i actually ordered a grid plus because i'm like i'm not i'm not going to play that game like this 
is the one thing in the space that you should have complete trust in. And, and like, you know, there's, there's so many unanswered questions that like, even they are having a hard time answering about what you said, which is like, what happened, you know, prior to today, like, has this, but all right, on the other side of that, you do have to KYC and you do have to turn the functionality on. So like, in some ways I'm like, are people overreacting? Like, is this, you know, like, is this, you know, if you don't opt in, then, then maybe it doesn't matter. But yeah, it was, it was one of the, the biggest product blenders I've ever seen. Yeah, well, Trezor certainly took advantage of it and had like a little good time by tweeting things like this for a whole day. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty funny. Um, but then Ledger went and tweeted something like this, right? Th this for me was like the, the gut punch tweet. So a lot of people were asking, you know, a lot of questions were flying around on Twitter about all this. And Ledger came out and said, yeah, technically speaking, it is and always has been possible to write firmware that facilitates keys extraction i.e. in normal speak, uh, yeah, we could have always updated the software so the gnome can leave the room anytime we wanted. Uh, you have always trusted Ledger not to deploy such firmware, firmware, whether you knew it or not. That was like, oh my God, are you apt? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Suvlaki, are you as horrified as we are? I am, but I'm not any horrified on the Ledger front because that statement that, you know, we could have put this firmware in at any point in time. We just have chosen not to. Does that not apply to a Trezor or grid class? Like, is it only a ledger thing? And it makes me wonder about, you know, well, it's kind of the one thing that you didn't want to worry about in the space was <laughs> like your, yeah, <laughs> your hardware wallet. But here we are. Um, I agree with Clay on in terms of it being a massive PR blunder, not only the, the way that it released, it's also that, I mean, in, um, I think it's Charles, uh, that's the CTO. Like Charles is very technically proficient and on average, across all the industries that I've seen, CTOs are very technically proficient. They're not so much PR proficient. And I think a large part of the backlash that they're getting is that Charles is on his own in front of the camera. And if I just go back in terms of, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago where on the show, I was like, ah, like the Coinbase video, like whatever. But it was very important that in that video, they had the head of legal and the CEO sitting next to each other, right? That togetherness like portrays a certain message. And I think maybe this messaging may have landed softer or may have been conveyed better if you if it wasn't just comes across as one person and like so do you I feel like they kind of pushed him out there and said hey technical guy this is your mess go clean it up make this go away and nobody else jumped in no i i don't know but it was there was a twitter there was a twitter space that it was on and like it got yeah, to it was a, in that one. it's like if you don't like it then buy a treasure, right? Those I'm paraphrasing, but those are basically his words. <laughs> now, like a CEO or a CMO or maybe even a CFO would never use that kind of language. Um, and I think maybe that is where the, the, the shortcoming is, but that doesn't take away from from the bit of a blunder that, well, the significant blunder that, that does exist there. I mean, like this morning I was, um, uh, while I was preparing for the show, I was also researching what are, are others because I had my mindset on getting the latest Ledger 
version. I think it's the stacks. Like I thought that was really mm -hmm. cool. Like I, I want to get this. Now it's just like, oh, fuck it. like now I need to find <laughs> someone else, someone that I need to trust. And it's just like, um, that's a bit of a, a, a pain, but yeah, I think I was just more concerned around like, so these guys are admitting that they could put the firmware in, they never did it. Who else is like that? Yeah. yeah we don't know. Like, that's... so everybody that's jumping to other things, they, they could be worse or the same, the same, you know, the same capability to, uh, to have a firmware upgrade away from your private keys, leaving your device. That could be true anywhere else. Right. So Clay, you asked a question earlier. I just want to get back to that. You asked yeah. like, how could this happen? And yeah. I, I, I can feel in my bones what happened here. So at the board, so Ledger has been very successful. The board has said, okay, we want you to expand and, and you know, take over the world. Yep. How do you do that? You're in the, you're in the early adopter phase. How do you get to the majority phase of the adoption curve? And they came back and said, well, you know, we have to provide a way for people to get their coins back if they lose their seed phrase. And the board said, fine, go do that. Yeah. And so they went and did it. That's how this happened. I mean, so, and, and I can kind of understand it. Like, look, if you want mass adoption, like, let's be honest, the seed phrase situation is not, it's not a great thing. Like we, we all have, you know, 24 words you put, like everybody's got a different method for where you hide them and how you store them. And you know what I mean? Like sometimes you write them on the, on the metal thing or like, you know, I, I've, I've like written different sections of them and, and hid them in different areas. Like it's not a great solution. Right. So you the, bury them I, at different under the pyramids and under yeah, the, like, around the world, send yeah. it, you know, send it to one email. Like, it's just like, it's, it's not a good solution. So we do need, we, we need something. Um, but I'm, I'm sort of shocked at like, at first I thought maybe this was like a leak, like this wasn't supposed to come out when it did because of the, the way that it was handled. Uh, but apparently that's not the case. Like, I guess the question is like, what do you do? Because we do need something like, you know, if, if my, if my mom wanted to get into crypto, the current seed phrase situation with hardware wallets is not like, that's not how you usher other people in that don't like know a lot about the space. And so the question is, what do you do? Like I can, I can see what they were trying to do. Like I what, agree what, with you, Clay. You know, I agree with you 100%. But I do have a question for you because yeah. a, a large part of the debate has been they should have launched this as a separate product. Let's call it a, That's a, great um, a ledger, ledger beginner. Normie. Yeah, ledger normie, right? That's specific and only has this functionality. Wouldn't we be just as uh, almost up in arms by the fact that they have the ability to push this firmware into a a normie ledger, what's stopping them from pushing the ledger onto us, right? It's a, it's a step that the company has done. I don't think separating it into a, a, um, a separate device or specific product, they still have shown not only the capacity, but the willingness to push these kind of updates. So would that have changed it for you? Is my question to the both of you. Mark, yours? Yeah, um, I mean, it's a good question. I. I... Yeah, I am disturbed by the fact that the fir a firmware update could do this at all. So uh, I, I, I am profoundly disturbed by that. And that, that's totally against everything Ledger has told us for a decade, right? So that this is new information. And, and to your point, Suvlaki, we don't really know whether Trezors or, you know, or any of these other wallets have the exact same potential vulnerability uh, slash feature, depending on who you talk to. Um, so I... I I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm still sort of I'm still sort of undecided about all this. I'm waiting to see. I, I think what's going to happen in a week is Ledger's going to finally figure out that what they need to do is come out and reaffirm the promise that they will not push for firmware 
that is malicious in this fashion. And they're going to publish, they're going to open source it at last. So we're going to be able to see what's inside of it. Um, and I, I think they're going to have to do something like that to regain the trust. And I think, I think it's likely that they will, um, or, or, or another, yeah, or another hardware manufacturer will. Right. So, um, I think ledgers are still by and large safe if you don't update the firmware. Um, yeah. I think they're probably telling the truth that the the old firmware did not do this while the new firmware does. Um, and ledgers haven't lost anything for, for a decade or so. So, um, you know, for the time being, I'm, I'm just sitting tight and waiting to see where it goes next and not updating the firmware, not plugging in my ledger, not jumping to something else where the same vulnerability or worse like especially these newer newer hardware wallets, we there could be a worse situation that we don't know about. Ledger is pretty battle tested. People have tried to break into those things for a decade and they haven't gotten in. So yeah, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Yeah, I mean, like I go back to if if this was if the if the mission was like ease of use for mass adoption, like you could have come up with a different customer service element to your business that isn't you know taking three different glo globally encrypted like it's not taking your seed phrase and sending it off somewhere like like there's got to be a better way to register customers have like security hotline like you know something that you can call and like verify who you are in some way we're gonna talk about Worldcoin in a bit uh and so maybe that's the answer i don't know but you, you know what i mean like that like like putting your seed phrase into a server somewhere is, is not the answer and so there's got you know there's got to be a better way to do it but I, I actually i mean look it is a real problem though it needs to be solved i think it does Shivlaki, go ahead I would have liked it if there was, um, well, one, when you go, because at some point you're going to have to update the firmware on your ledger at some point in the future. And I would have liked it that in the, that when you go to download that firmware, you have the option. Do you want the, 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 the let's call it the user-friendly version or the advanced version? So that you as a user can decide what firmware is going onto the ledger and what sort of access you're giving it. And then I would have also liked that instead of having these three companies, they had six, seven, eight, maybe nine, right? And when this happens, I can choose in any combination which words of my seed go to which three, which makes it harder to break yeah, break man. in. Because I, and then you just add like a layer of where I'm still in control of how that is distributed because now it kind of feels like you know they're going to take it they're going to break it up i assume they're going to break up most of the seeds in a similar fashion and then split it out now if they send the first eight words to corporation one and the middle eight to corporation number two and the middle third to corporate then it's easy just to hack put them together you have access to two millions and millions of accounts where if you then give that extra flexibility well then the hacker still needs to figure out well what in order does this 24 words need to go into and then once they have all that access and all that kind of stuff and that makes sense okay i want to wrap this up because i want to move on to the next topic but bottom line uh clay are you staying on your ledger if you have one or are you moving on so i mean i ordered a grid plus it's like you know it's like so moving on this big i'm moving on uh i mean but with that said, like, I mean, I still, I still have them. Like I, I haven't updated anything. And, and to your point, like this has been eight or like how long they've been in business, six or eight years. Like, like they've, it's almost, yeah, it's a long time. I mean, I, I, I haven't, I haven't given up yet. Let's put it that way. Like, I, I'm kind of like you, I'm sort of in like the wait and see camp, but I did order another device. Cause you know, it's, it's once you've lost that trust, it's hard to come back. So. Yep. Okay. Suvlaki, what about you? 
similar. Like, uh, I think it's it's uh, maybe it's an important lesson in terms of diversifying security. Like I only use a ledger. Um, maybe it's time to bring other options to the table to to spread the risk on that front. Um, and it just shows you we don't necessarily appreciate uh, all the risks that exist in the space. Amen. Well put. Well put. All right, moving along to Tether. So our friends at Tether, and you know, over the years we've heard all these rumors about how they're how they're stupid and how they're screwing us and how they're liars and this and that, and they're about to die and blah blah blah. Lo and behold, they go and release this. Now it's a um, attestation um, of funds by an outfit called BDO. I don't know who that is. I know Suvlaki's got a lot to say about all this, so. Hold on for a minute. We're going to let you go. I'm winding you up, and then I'm going to let you go like a crazy <laughs> walking toy. So, but uh, but they released this, and uh, it basically shows a lot of things. But among them are that they made 1.5 billion in net profit in Q1, which is more than BlackRock. And uh, and if you think about it, Tether's been better managed than Silicon Valley Bank, which is an insane, crazy thought, right? So, um. So Suvlaki, you've been studying this problem. You put out an excellent, really excellent video uh, through Revelo, I think, uh, this past week explaining all this. I watched it. So uh, I'm going to just hand this over to you. Tell us what's going on with Tether. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, they definitely were the winners in um, the bank run that Circle faced in, in Q1. Like they had a very strong Q1, but the it's weird like so the report came out the report was out for about a week week and a bit i recorded the video and while it was under editing this whole narrative came out that they made one and a half billion dollars profit and it kind of indicates just how quickly a narrative can great get traction and grow out of control in the space so is it um, bullshit that narrative because i thought paulo arduino tweeted that wow it is because what is the purpose of the CRR, right? The CRR is an, is an isolated bucket on the balance sheet. So it only looks at, it's only looking at a very good, a very small silo. And the difference between your assets and your liabilities isn't an indication of profit. That's an indication whether the Tether token is over or under collateralized, right? That is what, what it's CRR stand for. Sorry. The Consolidated Reserves Report, right? Okay. So, so that, what I was just showing. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so if we look at what is in the consolidation, look, Tether is more than just one entity. So they, there's Tether Holdings, which I think is uh, incorporated in Hong Kong, but functions out of Switzerland. There's some weird dynamic there in terms of, I don't think anyone actually knows 100% for certain where the holding company is, but they got four companies in the BBI and they got one company out in Hong Kong that forms this group, right? And that's yeah. why it's called the consolidation because they're looking across the board. Then BDO is the fifth biggest uh, audit firm in globally, and they're the fifth biggest in Europe, right? So it's not a nobody, but it is quite interesting that considering where all the companies are located, that BDO Italy did the report, right? So that leads into- So it's kind of weird. So they're, they're a yes. big firm, they're a well-respected firm, but it's still yeah. a little weird. Yeah, well, in comparison, Circle is registered in New York, the auditor is Deloitte, the number one audit firm globally, who is also, and it's the New York office doing the report. So that shows a bit more. So if we're talking about like a comparison between the two, like Circle wins on that front. So, um, so like, who who did the audit? Like who was the actual, like we- BDO. BDO, okay. 
yeah, all right. yeah. All right. So, um, well, and it's not an audit, like they just confirmed what Tether asked them to confirm. And okay. they did standard confirmation balances, but it wasn't a full scope audit because they only looked at these balances. And the reason why I say it's um, the profit narrative is I don't buy it because they have bought Bitcoin as part of their backing now. So if they were, if they kept that same buffer of half a billion that they had at, the, at December, right? And they still had one and a half billion dollars worth of Bitcoin and Bitcoin tanked by 30%, which, you know, is not unusual, right? Tether is no longer correctly collateralized. So that spread is to cover market volatility in both Bitcoin and gold, right? And, you know, the gold is quite an interesting one because that's actually gold bars. And those are in the report, in the footnote, very tiny in the footnote, they disclose that the LBMA uh, standard, which is the London Billion Market Association, right? And that standard is each gold bar needs to be 99.5% gold. So it's not like this gold plated shit or whatever. It's the real deal, right? So they're holding like real deal gold, which is which is quite a massive thing. Um, and I guess like where I'm going with this is because this became a massive, like the one and a half, uh, the, the profit for the quarter, together with the fact that Tether is now going to use its profits to buy Bitcoin, right? And everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. So their profits come from two things, right? Uh, they'll make profits on their financial instruments. So if we look at this graphic that you got on here, like the treasury bills, I did like a sort of rough back of uh, napkin kind of math in terms of the treasury bills, right? The average rate, three month rate over the the first quarter was around 5%. And they had an average balance of around 58 billion, right? So that interest income from the treasury bills, which is 65% of the portfolio, was 770 something million. Are we saying right. that the are we saying that the rest of the portfolio generated double that in profits, right? Without factoring in any expenses. And that's that's why I say like this these things that, you know, if you understand what the CRR is and what it does and the context of how it sits in wider financial statements, you'll see that, you know, that one and a half billion, and it was interesting, like I'm not sure it was. I think it was the CEO of Tether. They actually asked him about it and he didn't confirm or deny the number. He just said Tether made profit. Well, we all know Tether made profit because they clipped 10 basis points on every redemption and people were redeeming in Q1 just across the board. Like they printed more, but there were still loads of redemptions. Um, so, well, yeah, so like, I, it's not like you're kind of like like Tether's sort of full of bullshit and you don't like this Bitcoin backing. You sound negative on Tether. Are you? Well, I'm I don't like they how they present themselves as being transparent where they're not, right? They do not give investment schedules for what are these treasury bills they have? What are the terms? What are the corporate bonds? What are where are the gold bars held? Right? So I am I'm the fact that they're doing this report, right? I have confidence that BDO is doing what they say they do in the report. But I think and it's not I'm negative on Tether. 
I'm just not interpreting the information in the report like everyone else is, right? I don't think they made profit. And I think with their profits, if they buy Bitcoin, I'd hope not to see it in the CRR. I'd expect that to be in the balance sheet somewhere else with all the other their operating expenses and their other income and the other assets and liabilities. I don't, if it's in here, it means that we're heading into something like Luna was doing and they're shifting their backing really from being dollar denominated financial instruments, treasury bills, corporate bonds, money markets, uh, overnight repos, um, to something that is much more volatile in its value in terms of precious metals and Bitcoin, right? That introduces risks. And I think it's very good management from them that they increase the buffer because it shows that they're being um, more proactive in terms of managing. And that's what they do better than what Silicon Valley Bank did. So like that's that, that I'll give them that credit. I, my personal theory as to why they did the announcement um, on buying Bitcoin is because of an announcement that was done earlier in Q1 by the FASB, which is the accounting standard boards that does the US accounting policy, US GAAP, right? They are the guys that do that, right? And they, their colleagues do the international reporting standards and they tend to follow each other these days. And they came out earlier this month saying that you know, historically, if you bought Bitcoin, you'd have to hold it onto your balance sheet, on your balance sheet at cost. That's why no organization bought it. Like you only take the downside when you impair it, but you never take the upside where they've introduced. Mark the like market, as they say, and that's what Silicon Valley Bank didn't do with the treasuries. Is this yeah, an but, analogous situation? Yes, right. But now the FRC are saying that, oh, sorry, the FASB are saying that we want, we think they should be measured at fair value. And the minute you can value your cryptocurrency or anything at fair value, it enables them to hedge out that risk, right? So I think maybe that pipeline is why they started bringing in Bitcoin onto their books because they will be in it, they'll be able to go and manage that risk appropriately because they have shown that they can do it through increasing the buffer in the... The, the, yeah. the, the, the reserve. So it sounds like there's actually, you, you, there, there, there's one thing you said, which I found interesting. It sounds like they're sort of mixing up what their balance sheet is with what is backing Tether. And those things should not, in your mind, be mushed together. Is that correct? If I got that right? Uh, you do have that right. And they are not doing that. So they okay. looking. So when we're looking at this, think of it as we're only looking at four or five lines on the balance sheet, where there could be twenty, there could be thirty. We don't know what is on the rest of the balance sheet because these quarterly reports are specifically scoped to only look at these line items that you have. It's I have on screen, right? So that's that's all they looked at. Um, because I mean, does it make sense that they only have forty eight? million cash on hand without throughout the entire organization 48 million cash on hand is less than five percent of the circulating supply of tether so if there was a run on the bank for whatever reason how would they manage that so i don't believe the only cash in the group is that 50 million but they aren't showing us that so it's hard to make those conclusions suvaki do you, i mean 
do you think that they do some of this on purpose? Like, like you, like with Circle, you know where their money's sitting in terms of banks. And like SVB went down, it was terrible risk management. But like, you could argue if you want to put a tinfoil hat on that there was a bank run potentially started on SVB for the same reason that uh, you know the two other crypto banks went down, which is they were targeted. And so, like, do you think that they do some of this sort of lack of transparency in order to like shield themselves from you know people who an attack? Yeah. And that's kind of like, in some ways, that's how I take it is like the, the less they share, like the less than, you know, the less people or the, the you know, fewer people can come after you, I guess, if, you know, if you are not as transparent as Circle has to be. I, I guess there's two ways you can look at it, right? As a shareholder within the Tether group. Yeah, I totally get that. And I think that they're doing, because there's no requirement for them to do this, right? This is right. them doing it out of out of PR, right? So they're doing what they deem to be the bare minimum. As a tether holder, does it make you comfortable that you know that they're not they're not giving you the full QCIP listing of their T-bills, right? 65% of their, their backing is treasury bills that you cannot go and verify yourself. Why aren't they making that public? And I guess it depends on how you look at it because you can, you can argue. I'm sorry, let me stop you there for a second. How would they make it public what was going on with their treasury bills? Well, you can you can disclose the QCIP numbers. Each treasury bill has a oh. unique QCIP number. I did, that you so can I don't know this. So, okay, got it. So it's sort of so, like a blockchain. You can actually go to a treasury bill block explorer and see you know what, what they've done analogy, you know, as an analogy. Is that correct? Yeah, and I mean, if you if you for, forgive me for a, a, a subtle show that I'm, I'm in the process of recording a, the same video for USDC for the first quarter, and they disclose the QCIP for each treasury bill they hold. So I went and I could check not all of them, but I went and looked at a few of them to see, well, is the maturity date what they say it is? Is the interest rate what they say ah, it is? Really? And like, yeah. Um, I did not so, know you could do that. Okay. So BDO would have had to have done it to confirm that that balance is fair, right? But now BDO has a non-disclosure agreement. They can't make that public. So we now have to, that's where you're relying on that Tether didn't pull the wool over their eyes. I don't think they did, right? But like over the last year, 18 months, like I've become a bit more skeptical in terms of, you know, these people <laughs> that we trust. I mean, just look at segment one on Ledger. Um, so I don't know, but I think the fact that they're going through this is the start. And I think at some point, so if Tether Holdings is incorporated in Switzerland, like some document, documentation does imply, they will fall under Mika. And that will then require additional disclosures. And that it goes into effect in about 17, 18 months from now. What is so that? Sorry. That is it's markets in crypto assets that is the directive that the eu has put out regarding crypto assets and they they go in terms of crypto asset service providers stable coins uh electronic money uh, so it's everything we hoped that the us would be doing the eu is ahead of the game in that front yeah right? i mean and i think slovakia you're probably going to see in the, you know, the united states on thursday had the second stable coin hearing um, where they're laying out a framework for stablecoins. So like at some point, this is going to come to head in terms of Tether having to probably be transparent in, in order to play the game, I think. Um, so you know, if the EU's already done it and the United States is on its way, 
you think that at some point they're going to have to do a, a circle type um, audit, I would assume. Like, can they well, force the, that? The circle audit is the same as Tether. The difference is it's a different firm. And Circle do this monthly, Tether do this quarterly. And the Circle one has a bit more color in terms of what the underlying assets are. But like Tether only holds T-bills and cash as the backing. There's no corporate bonds. There's nothing that can take a hit if the stock market crashes or if something happens on a macroeconomic sense. It's treasury bills and cash. That's all Circle uses to back USDC. So I guess the question to the two of you and the audience, if you had to look at that sort of that pie chart in terms of what backs Tether versus what backs Circle, which would you, what makes you more comfortable? Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good question because, you know, Silicon Valley Bank backed Circle and that turned out to be wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, let's just be honest here. Like that was really I mean, nobody thought that was going to happen, but it did. So um, and, and I, I actually had one last question, then I want to move on from this topic. But the gold, right, gold is a significant. Well, not significant, like two percent or something like that. Part of their holdings at Tether. Um, when you own gold, it's not like you have the gold bars in like this Scrooge McDuck vault. Right. Yourself. Right. Uh, you have you buy it through a firm and they're like, yeah, no, we got it in our vault. We swear to God. And they give you a piece of paper. How do you know that you actually have that gold and that the gold that you have, maybe 10 other people also don't have? Well, I mean, I'm not sure in this sense, but in, in like, if this was a, let's say a full scale audit, right? What BDO would do is they'd find out from Tether Management where's the gold held. They'll have to disclose where it is. They will phone up the corresponding office in that venue and they'll ask one of their staff to go there and verify the the gold register and see the actual physical gold. Right. So physical verification is like an important part of like the auditing process. Now I don't know to what extent that was done, um, but I don't see that, you know, the, 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 the value of the gold on the, um, on the balance sheet, uh, in, sorry, in the CRR is too big for them just to ignore it and not do some form of verification. So they may have contacted wherever it's being held and ask them to verify independently that they hold these bars on behalf of Tether. Now, Mark, to your point, mm -hmm. if they lie to them, that's no different to the New York Stock Exchange lying how many stocks or how many shares have been issued for Apple, right? It's it's the, you kind of, it, it wouldn't be just at like the pawn shop on the corner that, that the gold bars are being held. They probably held at like a massive reserve, um, either like the Central Reserve Bank or like a massive institution that, you know, if that had to happen, like this huge, huge reputational risk and impacts across the entire industry. So someone bullshitting the auditing that, oh yeah, we have these, we, we have these when they don't. I, my gut feel is that's unlikely. So it's kind of like Ledger telling us that they won't ever update their firmware to reveal our passwords. <laughs> we're, we're ultimately just trusting some other, no, but I'm being serious, right? Yeah. We're trusting some other party. 
who could be lying to us and we don't know for sure. Yeah, but that party would have to do inventory checks. So at some point, or well, it's prob for for the organization that I think it would be settled at at least monthly, an independent auditor type person will come on and verify that they say they have, let's say, uh, five hundred thousand gold bars. They will go and count that they have five hundred thousand yeah, gold do, bars. But maybe they sold those same bars to Clay also. Right? No, th yeah, we they swear to God, these are yours. Like we haven't <laughs> sold them to five other. We swear. No, Mark, we haven't they, told them to other people. They could. They take it. They take it a step further, and they verify how that five hundred thousand is allocated. So who is it? So yeah. So that company would have to go to the extreme, extreme lengths of fraud to okay. to 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 actually well, buy. buy it. So it sounds like you're like okay. You're like no, 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 Mark. You don't understand. This is all serious people doing serious things, and the amount of <laughs> no, no. But I'm actually just trying to characterize what you're saying. You're saying that I'm being a little bit ridiculous. Uh yeah. Not ridiculous. I think you're you're raising right questions, especially considering what has happened globally, not within crypto, like within like financial markets. Right. I think you're asking the right questions. What I explained is what I expect and how it should in theory happen, right? But theory and practice are, are not the same, right? I my history, like when I was auditing, I used to audit a diamond mine. So I used to do these things. So I know that they happen and I know that they're supposed to happen, right? So I've gone and counted physical diamonds. Well, not me myself, like <laughs> with someone and watch them count, check the clarity, weigh them, do the valuation. I, I did all of that. So that is supposed to happen. And I know it does happen. Now, whether it happens at the place that Tether holds their gold bars, I don't know because I don't know where they held. They haven't disclosed that. Yeah, well, they probably shouldn't. I mean, I, to Clay's point, you know, you'd be like, yeah, my gold bars are right there, but don't go steal them. Don't, don't show up with machine guns and take them. You know, they're in Clay's basement. Don't go there. Right? I, I feel like, there's, like, <laughs> like, what are, like, what are the positives here? There's got to be something. Like, like buying Bitcoin, I feel like, is a positive. They're using, well, we don't know if it's profit. I kind of like that, too, but it scares me at the same the, time. Yeah, I mean, the way that they were positioning it is we're using profits to buy Bitcoin. They already have, what, $2 million or $2 billion of Bitcoin on, on their balance sheet? Is that is that right? From Q1? One and a half. Half one and a half. Okay. Yeah. In their report, they might have other Bitcoin on their balance sheet that we can't see. So it could be too big. Gotcha. All right. So, I mean, I don't know. So I, the, I felt, it made me feel, it actually made me feel better. So whatever they were doing, it seemed to work for people that aren't uh, ex yeah, like diamond it. mind auditors. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so, yeah. so, like I, what's the US dollar built on? Trust. I, you're like a Bond villain, man. You got yeah, like you got diamonds and gold. Uh, <laughs> look, Clay, I think like for me, like the most impressive thing that has come out of this is quarter to quarter, they reduce the percentage of um, contribution that gold does to the total asset base. So if it was 5% of the total balance, they brought that slightly down. Yeah. They brought on Bitcoin, which is a more volatile asset than, than gold. And the response to that was to increase the buffer, right? That is all that, we, and that is why when I when I did the video, I specifically looked for how much exposure is there. If that headroom is removed, how much is actually being backed? And I think that number was, I don't know, around two, two and a half percent when it actually contributes six percent. Now, if you told me two and a half percent of what eighty something billion dollars. That's risk I think almost everyone would accept. 
And I think that is that is sensible management. I mean, so, you look at that. Well done. All right, guys, I got to move us along here because we're, we're running out of so time. One, 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 one other point, Mark. Like you look at Tesla, who's a publicly traded company. They bought $1.5 billion in Bitcoin publicly on their balance sheet in February 8th, 2021. And they dumped it, 75% of it, on, on July 20th, 2022. They made... A pretty a pretty sizable spread on like you're 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 placing a gamble that Bitcoin's going to go up, but if you look at the market timing when they sold, like they did pretty damn good. Like I, I guess what I'm saying is, I feel like they wouldn't take this risk if they didn't feel like Bitcoin was near a bottom and that there was going to be upside for them to to have it on their balance sheet. Like why else would they do this? Like to me, there's like there's it, it is a gamble, but there's a lot of upside potential. They can yeah, make a lot is. of money. It could be as simple as risk diversification, right? Yeah. They don't want exposure to traditional financial instruments uh, because of the way, you know, the U.S. debt ceiling and all these other things that are going into recession, like that could potentially be bad. So Bitcoin and gold might be better for backing Tether right. uh, if they manage the risk appropriately. Yeah, agreed. And I, you know, look, Bitcoin is probably the best place you can put your money right now based on what we're seeing in the um, in the world stage. Arguably, I mean, so anyway. All right, let's move us along now. Uh, we're going to talk about WorldCoin. So Sam Altman, who is very well known as the CEO of OpenAI, has, you know, so that's ChatGPT. And, you know, that's been taking off like a bat out of hell over the last six months or so. Um, he owns another company that a lot of people don't know about called WorldCoin. And WorldCoin was founded in 2019. Uh, and they are now reporting that they're closing a $100 million round of funding. And they're looking to launch within six weeks. Now, what's really interesting about WorldCoin is, um, well, first of all, before, before I talk about that, so the backers include Reid Hoffman, who is famous for founding LinkedIn, uh, and uh, also Coinbase Ventures. And I know that uh, SBF Alameda was in before his fall from the sky and grace. Um, so, you know, it's got some, it's got some pretty good backers. Um, oh, hang on one second. Okay. Now the thing that makes WorldCoin kind of creepy and kind of special at the same time is that you generate your private key by giving WorldCoin a scan of your eyeball. So speaking of Bond villains, Suvlaki, you should love this as a Bond villain. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So in order to generate your private key, you have to give them biometric information on yourself. In other words, an eyeball scan using a device they call the orb. And you apparently do not have to send in KYC information as well. So not, so there's no driver's license. There's none of that. They just want to make sure that uh, one biological person only owns one wallet. So that's what they claim. And they claim they erase the eyeball scan data after you do it. But I don't. I, I guess I don't know how they... Um, verify that you don't come back again and, you know, with with your same eyeball and generate another wallet. They must have some way to um, deflect from you creating more than one wallet, right? So, okay. Now, people are already putting up their eyeballs for sale. So I saw this on Twitter last night. People are scanning their eyeballs and then putting the wallet that's generated up for sale. So uh, already there are people finding ways around defeating this scheme. Uh, and Sam Altman uh, just went before Congress and testified about his AI project. So there he is right there talking with Congress about AI regulation and encouraging them to actually regulate him. So it's it's pretty wild that he's a crypto guy with an eyeball scanner and he's got an AI company. And the other wild thing is, is that uh, Elon Musk is claiming that under the hood, there's this whole kerfuffle where Elon 
initially funded OpenAI, and Sam Altman somehow took what was supposed to be uh, a not-for-profit company and made it a for-profit company, and Microsoft then invested in that company, and then um, Elon now claims that Microsoft is controlling that company, and Satya Nadella is saying, no, that's bullshit, we don't, but Elon's insisting that they do, and that's kind of interesting. The last interesting thing is, and this is a, a dot that a lot of people have not yet connected, Microsoft owns a patent filed in 2020, which uh, gives them, which is all about using biometrics and bodily functions mm. to tie a human to a cryptocurrency. So, and this is the actual, you can go look this up yourself. This is a real patent. I remember when this came out, this raised a few eyebrows. Everybody was like, why is Microsoft filing this kind of a patent? Very odd. Yeah, pretty weird, right? So, yeah. um, so given all those pieces and dots to the puzzle, Clay, what do you make of all this? Yeah, this is this is a this is both a fascinating one and and a, it's frightening. It's fascinating. Like I I personally, so I, I have a you know global reentry and and um, what's it called at the airport where they actually clear. scan it up. clear. Thank you. So like I've I've done that. So you know like I it, it's like one centralized entity who got. A billion dollars investment from Microsoft in 2019. This is OpenAI, and then 10 billion in 2023 is coming out with, uh, you know, WorldCoin, and they have that. I didn't even know about the patent. That actually makes me a lot of people don't know about more that. skeptical. Um, and so, you know, the the proof of personhood thing, like like in terms of just the the makeup of what they're trying to do, the proof of personhood concept is very interesting. Like like you know, with with AI is going to come bots that create you know. Fake news, real news, real images, fake images. Like we don't, you know, it's going to be hard to tie what you know what's real potentially and what's not. And so something like proof of personhood is a you know it could be a potential solution to that. So there's generally a, a grander plan for all of this, and I think the, all these I think all these things tie, like tie together in the big uh, the big picture. But for me, I just I. I uh, maybe it's because we do this every single day. I just am so skeptical that I like I, I personally would never. Want to have one centralized entity have a, a scan of my my eye? I don't know how you guys feel, but um, I'm I, I I'm not. It's not something I would want to do. Like they're they're building on zk proofs, which is also interesting. I think like there's definitely some some technical things that um, I think that we will see how it goes and it'll be you know a, a good use case like building on zk proofs. Uh, but how much do we know about zk proofs at this point either? Like truly. And so I, I don't know. There's just too many un, un, unanswered questions for me to jump in. Well, ZK proofs seem pretty well defined mathematically, I think. So, yeah. what do you think about all this? I think, yeah, it's exciting and very scary that, you know, and I think it's because uh, I think for me personally, it would feel less scary if it was someone that is not Sam that is doing this. But the fact that Sam is open AI and, you know, it's very easy just to join the two together. And I say that because, you know, they, Bok, you alluded to it earlier in terms of they say that they delete it, but how do they then prove in the future that I own this ID, right? What are they going to check it yeah. against and how are they going to check? Not only do I have money, like, how are you going to prove ownership without keeping some other form of record that, you know, this is, this is my evil. Um, but I played around on the website, and it is scammy as fuck. Yeah, like, scammy, really scammy, I mean, right? Why does if this you need did... a token? Like that's <laughs> could... my main question. Like, what's the utility of the token itself? 
Like I understand. Let me me make one point here. So when you scan, like the whole come on to people is scan your eyeball and we'll give you 25 free coins. That's right. Right. And so they're they're you're, you can't get the airdrop unless you give them your eyeball. Exactly. And I think the way just reading between the lines on the website, I think they're going to try and create like this in app marketplace. We can buy and sell goods. The reason why I said it seems scammy is if, if you look, there's a there's a link to you know this work that they do for Tools of U- Humanity and the WorldCoin Foundation. You click on those links and you get nothing, right? There's basically nothing. It's just like a one pager with a few sentences on it. It's just like what is going on there. And then if you go and you look, they're also advertising like you can become an operator. So you could be the person that goes around and scans everyone's eyeballs, and you get like like uh, world coin gear like because one of the faqs are like who are these people wearing world coin t-shirts in my neighborhood and like no they are the operators they are here to scan your eyeball and you read it and you look how the operators it feels very like herbalife or like avon salespersons like it it just feels a bit like i read it it's just like this is weird like how have you how do you have like this super intelligent ai and this really cool tech and you resorted to this to connect your data what the fuck man like sort your shit out but uh yeah like but i do think it's an interesting concept because of the the points that you raise clay in terms of we are going into the space where we will not be able to differentiate between what is a, a human doing something versus what is uh, what is AI. And like Mark, you spoke last week or the week before about, you know, like the AI is like put you in the Iron Man suit, but you need to still know who you're conversing with. And we need to get that verification. Often the first type of verification that we try isn't the final one, but you know, it's a step in that direction. So let's see where we where we go. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't, I, I honestly don't know what to make of this one. Uh, but I, I'm really surprised to hear about the scammy weirdness of it. Like, I didn't expect, I didn't expect that Suvlaki, and I, I, I would, I would have expected something as creepy as this and as sort of world economic forumy as this yeah, that's to, to not have an MLM kind of uh, Avon vibe as well. Like, I, I just, I, it's very strange. The whole thing is weird. I'll, what what I'll, is the connection I'll... with AI? Do you think is there one? Like, why is Sam doing this? I, well, I mean, that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the same question I had, Mark. Like, you know, if you, if you look at this, like, I guess, I guess from a, an, from an AI perspective, like, you know, this thing could solve some problems like, like voting, voting doesn't really, it's not, it's not done very well. And like, if you could scan your eye and, and every vote is one vote and we know exactly who is voting, then like really good that point. sort of thing is, a, 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 you know, it's a valuable use case. But like I don't know what their end game is, and I still don't understand. No one can answer to me what is the utility of the token. Like, why is this? Why is this even a crypto? Actually, go ahead, Clay. Actually, I read on the website Mm -hmm. that well, the token is going to be the governance token, right? Okay. So, what is? Do you want? Think of all the examples of governance that you can. Yeah, and you have five, you have five entities with all of the, the volume passing votes based on what they want, because that's what we see with Uniswap and all kinds of places, right? Is that is that where you're going with it, Subaki? Well, it's going yeah. with. Do you want it to like? What happens if there's a governance proposal that, like, all historic 
Apple data needs to be released to whoever, right? Yeah. Or like there is, it's like governance can sometimes be rational. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, I, I was just very surprised that they've added a governance element to to this. Like you can drive the future of the company. I'm like, dude, you're collecting like personal information yeah. and you're going to have people voting on stuff that have no idea around like data protection acts and all this stuff. But, you know, it's like, what are you going to do with my HIPAA information? <laughs> all my medical records like Mark and Suvaki now have pure, you know, pure power to vote where Clay's medical records go. Like that's, that's just, that doesn't make any sense. To me. Wow. And, you know, so I'm but all right. So the only the positive I took away were like the ZK proof use case is interesting. I, I want to see how, you know, how how it goes, how it works. Uh, and this proof of personhood thing, I think within a world where there is AI, we're going to need something like this. I don't know if it's this. And I don't like I don't like the ties mm. to Microsoft. I don't like the ties to the patent that you just showed me that I had no idea about. That's like pretty, <laughs> that is, that is eye opening for me. Um, no pun yeah. intended. But yes. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, look, there's there's I, there's one point five million people that have signed up. Uh, I'm certainly not one of them. And I will I will be, you know, I, I think I'll probably sit on the sidelines until we know more. And like I, I saw an interview with uh, the person who because Sam's kind of stepped away from the project. He's not he's consulting it, but he's not really running it from what I've read. Uh, but the guy that was running it, they asked him about the tokenomics and it was super vague answers. So like there's there's just too many unanswered questions for me. How the hell are they raising a hundred million from like Reed Hoffman and you know those people? Like, what do they know I, that we don't? Yeah, that's, I, that's I, kind of what I wonder. I read somewhere that the tokenomics is eighty percent to us, ten percent to seed investors, and ten percent to the team. But I didn't see anything on vesting schedules. Yeah, but you get you get twenty to is it twenty five dollars worth of tokens, but the token doesn't have a price. Twenty five tokens. tokens. Twenty five. Twenty five tokens. tokens. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, all right. Yeah, that's I, the cost I, I don't of your know store. Twenty five tokens. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, centralized companies storing biometric data for me is is, is a bit too far. Um, to be I mean, controlled I, by governance. <laughs> yeah, to be controlled by governance. I mean, I, I I did give it to the government, so you know, I, like that's where I, that's where I'm sort of torn, right? Because like, this morning we, I was thinking about Worldcoin, and you know, they've got my eyeball scan. The U.S. government does, so it's like, I don't know. It's 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 a tough one, man. Yeah. Um, I dropped the links to the operator page, um, to the foundation page, and to the Tools of Humanity page in the, the chat on the YouTube channel. And yeah, so the foundation page just has a, a, a sentence on it. We support and grow the WorldCoin world coin ecosystem. That I is love listening to Suvlaki talk. You know, it's just like it's like it's so soothing. Right? Like <laughs> I just I want I want him to like read me a bedtime story or something. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I went from Bud Villain to uh, this guy's gonna put me to sleep. Damn. Like, you, like Suvlaki could get me to sign up for World Worldcoin. Yeah, you know, he's like, gonna be he, the he guy in the Worldcoin shirt knocking on your door <laughs> with the ore. Yeah, like like Mormons like knocking on your door. Have yeah. you heard of Worldcoin? Come, come in your eye with the orb. Like, I don't know, dude. We're this good. is the way. This is the way. All right. Let's move on to our next story and our final story of the day. Kind of a fun one. Um, so this past week, we learned something very interesting. Apparently, the very first Bitcoin transaction was not the famous pizza transaction. In fact, there was an earlier transaction that was uh, apparently uh, facilitated by Satoshi Nakamoto himself. Um, assuming it's a he, um, that uh, for JPEG. So it wasn't an NFT. It was a guy 
basically saying, Hey, I'm selling a JPEG and I'll, I'll sell it for, um, you know, I think it was five, yeah, 500 Bitcoin. And, um, we don't know whether the JPEG got transferred, but we do see the transaction. The transaction did in fact occur on the blockchain. And, uh, so this is a close up of the posting on the Bitcoin. I can't remember what the, this is the Bitcoin news forum or yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is where all the Bitcoin people gather basically yeah. back in the early days. Um, and would have been so, a good place to be in, in 2008. Very good place to be, without a yeah. doubt. So, and this is the actual transaction. So it did happen. And uh, so it's it's pretty interesting. So, uh, you know, this, of course, goes back to, this is justification now. So all the wizard hats uh, <laughs> are turning to the laser eyes going, see? Mark's see, having we a told day right you. now. We the told you. Day. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so the, the laser eyes are complaining they, they view BRC-20s and ordinals as effectively as forest fire uh, or a DDoS attack on the Bitcoin network. And they're saying, we have to outlaw this. How dare you use our permissionless network in a way that we didn't want you to, right? So there's that side of it. And then, and the wizard hats are going, hey, look, Satoshi, this implies that Satoshi blesses off on you know all these new uses of Bitcoin, right? So um clay what do you think about this is uh is the first bitcoin transaction real and does it matter so i mean like mark this was just a guy selling a jpeg right like he was just yeah. transferring bitcoin for a jpeg so so i mean it doesn't like it doesn't necessarily justify the brc20 like like it's not like that was the origin thought of a brc20 obviously if anything it just messes up uh pizza day or whatever whatever the uh it does it, like, you know like it, it probably ruins that more than anything um you know it's it, look it's fun to to theorize about what might have been the first transaction and look this guy was probably just trying to make a few bucks is probably what it comes down to like um using bitcoin as a medium of exchange and it certainly validates that but um you know fun fun story i don't know you know i think the brc20 stuff is far more fascinating in terms of uh what it's actually been able to do Suvlaki, so what do you got? Man, I think it's great. Like, I just think it's so amusing how, you know, um, we like in general, we, we believe in like permission, distrust the systems and everything that you said. But as soon as it's against like a person or a group's belief on how something should be used, how easily we get offended by it, right? Um, and yeah, look, I think... <laughs> I mean, for me, it doesn't really matter because like, I, I guess the bigger question is, well, if this did happen, why did it take so long for the yep. network to get where it is now? Right? That's exactly what I thought, Suvaki. Like, 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 how did this not get found on the forum long I ago? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That, that part I haven't figured out either, so I don't know. And I don't know. Maybe people weren't motivated enough to find that 500 Bitcoin and the hundred Bitcoin transfers that yeah. that eventually did took place because it, it didn't just happen instantaneously. But it is quite bizarre that it did take did take so long. Um, I think you had to yeah. connect the message on the message board yeah. with the transaction on the chain, right? So people saw all these transactions on the chain, but they didn't go and and look through the message board and say, "Oh, look!" Like five minutes before that transaction happened, this was posted. So I, I, I don't. That's what I think happened, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but like, well, that message, where's that message board, Mark? This is the Bitcoin news uh, forum. It's not I, on I've chain. Been on it. I've been on it. So yeah, it's, is it on chain? No, it's no, like a the message like board. A, the BBS is Clay. It's you like know Reddit, it. right? No, it's not a Reddit. 
Okay. It's a, I, I know because I used to go, um, I used to go hang out there uh, in 2017 or 18, okay. looking around at things. Uh, I haven't been on there recently, but in sort of the the sort of formative years of Bitcoin, like 2010, 2011, this was the place where all the early alpha was and all the actual OGs in the space were talking to each other uh, and getting, you know, Bitcoin up and running and off the ground. So and but, Litecoin and all that stuff, too. So so here's the question, right? If I send you a message in like that ad, ad, right, the person sent 500 Bitcoin and the person emailed him, the whoever, the right, JPEG, the, the JPEG, right? That transaction is not on chain, right? Only half of it is, right? The same with the pizza idea. So like they're busy fighting about which one was the first. I mean, tokens were being transferred all the time. Right? <laughs> yeah. This just had many. an off chain, like something that happened with it. It's not like the return, like someone sent an encrypted message back, you decrypt it, and there's a JPEG in it, right? So that's the part that I, I quite I find like as an like as an outsider looking in that is quite fascinating with this debate, uh, like the pizza or the JPEG or like just in general what's happening on the BRC twenty scene is just like finding that like what is a like how across the range how we differently we classify what is a, a, a transaction and what is not. And yeah, but, but it, it's still cool to watch from the side. Like I, I take amusement from it. Um, so like, especially this debate, like this is quite fun to watch. It is a fun debate to watch. All right, gentlemen. I think that's all the time we have. Uh, Suvlaki, Clay, thank you so much for coming on the show once again. And if uh, you all, you all you're out there in TV land, if you like what you see, Smash the like button, subscribe, as they say. You like that, Clay? I actually remembered this time to do the call to action. So, okay, that's all we got. My name is Mark Jeffrey. This has been Across the Chains. We'll see you next time. See you.